Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I'm your host, Roy Turner. And uh, coming to you from a uh, hotel room in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, what we're going to do is, this is our year-end review show, where we're going to take a look back at all the events that happened in 2015. And of course, the first thing on everybody's mind, of course, is the the recent and, uh, and sudden and tragic loss of uh, Motorhead's Lemmy. Uh, Lemmy Ian Fraser Kilmister, who... Not just to me, but I'm sure, uh, you know, everybody, uh, whether you were involved with music or or not, uh, knows about Lemmy or at least knows about his legacy and, and definitely should know about it because he was such a an important figure and such a, a, a an important person uh, in my life in terms of just musical education. Um, you know, he was not really somebody I, you could recommend mimicking because it would be... Uh, uh, it would be almost impossible to do so, but uh, um, we're going to be talking about Lemmy and playing some of his music and um, from Motorhead and and just uh, trying to pay a tribute as much as we can. Um, we're going to be going through all of the the different events that happened uh, in 2015 for us personally with Tricky Kid and Tricky Kid Radio, and and in spite of all the sudden and, and so much so much loss this year, we're going to try to have a good time. And I'm glad that you're here, and I'm I'm glad that you're going to join us. And uh, the first thing I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of go kind of like month by month, because the theme uh, for me personally and for us professionally uh, with me and my company was the theme of 15 was do shit that you've never done before. That was the whole thing. I, I found myself doing a lot of things that are fun and exciting and awesome and, and over the years, but I found that I was doing those same fun, awesome things every year at the exact same time, almost like clockwork, which is great. Uh, and I was successful at that, but I was really, um, you know, uh, determined to kind of break out of that. And uh, I was successful at doing so in 2015 to various degrees of uh, of success. So, uh, one of the one of the first things how we started the year off with with something pretty crazy and pretty wild was we went to the uh, the Avian Expo and Awards Show in Las Vegas, which is the kind of like the Oscars for the adult industry. And uh, I have a few friends that kind of work uh, within or on the periphery of the adult industry, and so it was something I've always was you know kind of interested in and kind of fascinated by and. Um, and I just kind of wanted to check it out. So when I had the opportunity, uh, to come and cover it, um, I, instead of, you know, backing down or kind of, uh, you know, being a wimp about it, I was like, man, this will, this should be cool and, and, and interesting. And if nothing else, it'll be an adventure. And it most certainly was, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's every January. So the newest one is coming up, um, in a few weeks, January 20th to the 23rd with the awards show being on the 23rd, again at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino there in Las Vegas. and It was an eye-opener. It really was. It was, uh, for anybody out there, it was just kind of like a Comic-Con, but instead of, you know, uh, comics, uh, there were uh, beautiful ladies and adult entertainers. and But it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't anything uh, that you should be afraid of or anything that should be censored. or uh, It was something that was really great. It was just uh, a lot of people that were, you know, kind of learning about themselves and educations and just kind of like how people would meet, you know, people were fans of stuff. And so it was, it wasn't some, um, you know, dark, crazy, weird thing that, uh, that only, um, 
you know, de- depraved or, or people that you would you wouldn't be proud of or you'd have to hide for going. You should go and you should check it out at least once and have a good time like we did. Um, that extended to an invitation to uh, to uh, a satellite event called Exotica that came uh, to Dallas over the summer. And I have to admit that I actually even enjoyed that even more. Um, it was a little bit more laid back. It wasn't so hectic. There wasn't the big award show, um, which was fun and great, but it was definitely a... From a press standpoint, it was stressful, um, and I'm sure for as a performer, presenter, or you know, you got to get the dress and got to get everything going good, and uh, <clears throat> kind of like the Oscars. Uh, this was a, a much, much easier, laid back. Uh, you were able to actually, you know, talk with people and and uh, meet with some of the performers, and just definitely had a, a definitely more of an intimate vibe to it. Um, unfortunately, um, just to show you how ge- geography dictates behavior, I didn't see one. Not one protester whenever I was in Vegas. Not one. Um, which would be kind of like, you know, in Vegas, it'd be like Christians protesting Christ, right? Uh, but in Dallas, unfortunately, it was it was a, a cartoon. It was it was so embarrassing and such a such a, a blemish on the city. I mean, I know people that aren't that aren't from Texas or never been to Texas might have their own kind of unfair um, you know, preconceived notions about what Texas is like. And unfortunately, um, the mayor, um, uh, the the women's uh, coalition in Dallas, all of them confirmed all of those ridiculous, outdated stereotypes. And the people that showed up were just fucking clowns that were looking to get attention with some of the harshest, most attention design grabbing um, signs. And it was just, and if they actually had walked inside, they would have seen that, you know that they were they were fearing nothing. It was ignorance-based fear, like a lot of things. Which is this being a very political year, an election year coming up, you're going to see a lot more of that, unfortunately. So, uh, but anyway, but uh, it was a success, and I hear that Exotica is going to be coming back to Dallas uh, this year in 2016, and I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm glad about that. Um, if fans of the show will know that we uh, did an episode um, there at Exotica with a uh, a great writer named Jenny Block. She's uh she's from Dallas and but she writes for the Huffington Post. She's you know, she's been all around and been on all um there's a lot of sex advice for a lot of the, the major network T V shows and um and she came out with a book um called Oh Wow, uh Discovering Um Your Best Orgasm. <laughs> uh and gosh, she was fascinating and, and such a such a pleasure to talk with and, and I also I wanted to talk with an actual performer, but actually what I wanted to do was speak with um what is called a cam girl. Uh people that who actually perform in the privacies of their own home, um, directly to their fans via you know, a webcam. Because uh, I had seen Rashida Jones's documentary called "Hot Girls Wanted" whenever we were at uh, Sundance last year, and and I kind of wanted to get a rebuttal because I I heard some rumblings that some people in the industry kind of took uh, some exception to that. So if you go into iTunes, uh, look for the Exotica uh, episode there with uh, with Jenny Block and also with the Cam Girl we interviewed uh, a girl named Finley Blake. Uh, she's from Austin, Texas, and. <clears throat> It seemed to be just a revolution of of just girls in general just brought their game in in 2015, uh, just in sports with uh, you know with Ronda Rousey and uh, anywhere you look, um, you know with um, you know within tennis and you know in sports and wrestling and uh, it was uh, you know just seemed to be everywhere and especially in music. So uh, whenever we were listing our uh, our uh, you know, top records, whatever. So many great female artists 
really put out some of their best work this year with um, my girl Peaches that I you know I toured with and worked with many years ago. She came out with her first record in six years called The Rub. And um, speaking of, of adult material, <laughs> if you haven't seen the video to the song The, the Rub, uh, holy cow, it is bananas. Uh, just it's her and her most awesome depraved it is it is chaos in ejaculate form that's what i tweeted so you might want to check that out uh juliana hatfield came back uh pretty big this year she um reformed uh her, her band the juliana hatfield three um put out a great record um and then she collaborated with a, an electronic artist named uh, brad walsh who came out with a, a great ep called primary that also luscious jackson is on it's great uh grimes came back with hard with her probably her her best record and uh sleater kenny reformed and came back uh, and played some uh, came up with a great record uh but probably my favorite would have to be bjork's record this year she just killed um and i want to play you a song um off that right now and this is the song stone milker um from her album volnikara uh that came out earlier this year just fantastic and if you get a chance to see the video it's it's unreal it's because this great 360 degree kind of virtual reality thing happening anyway but this is stone milker from uh bjork
And again, like I said, if you get a, get a chance to see, um, you know, that video, it's it's one of the greatest, greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, just go to like YouTube. Or I think it's also on Vimeo. Uh, but it's uh, it's every time she comes up with something new, it seems to be her goal is to kind of push um, not just the boundaries of, of music, but also technology and the way we consume art and just and she succeeds. It's not just, you know, hey, it's something different, not necessarily good, but different, but it's it's different and good. Um, and something we've always come to expect from her. Um, now, something else was um, that we also got into this year was uh, was cosplay, and that was something that came completely unexpected uh, for us because I uh, what happened was was I again I was in uh, Sundance. That was something else on our list of things we've never done before that we should probably do, and um, it was one of the most. Awesome, but uh, masochistic uh, endeavors I've ever done. I um, so we went straight from AVN uh, in Vegas over to um, to Salt Lake City or or in, um, the Park City there in Utah, and also was covering the Slam Dance um, Festival, which is which runs concurrently. It's more like the independent one or people that have never made a film before, like first time filmmakers, and and then of course you have the big the big juggernaut that is Sundance, and I was uh, covering both of them. Uh, one of the things that was great about the experience of that this year that stands out the most was that I had met the um, WWE uh, wrestler uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, who was actually the very first um, episode that we did for Tricky Kid Radio when we la- launched in August. And, you know, meeting Dallas and getting to know him and spending some time with him and his whole organization and, and, and his wife Brenda it was one of the most rewarding things that we did all year long. And uh, one of my old childhood heroes was a guy named Jake the Snake Roberts. And the reason why they were in town, if you haven't already heard of this or know that, was that uh, he had produced a movie about um, kind of a of a comeback for for Jake using Dallas's um, his. He came out with a um, his own regimen called DDP Yoga. DDP standing for Diamond Dallas Page, of course. And and uh, man, Dallas has had a, a a total second act in life as this 
fitness guru, healthy, motivating, inspiring guy. It's just, it's just who he is anyway. So it's just, uh, it makes the most sense that he's been so, so successful with it. Uh, anyway, but so, um, Jake was the guy that, that actually trained Dallas. And so, um, he kind of wanted to kind of pay him back and, and was checking in on him. And, um, you know, if you get a chance to see the film, it'll, it'll tell you the story, but, um, that's what I wanted to mention was that it's actually finally about to be out on iTunes. I believe I remember I was, I was talking with Dallas about it recently and I think that it's by the end of January, 2016. So in a few weeks, um, you, you know, definitely look up iTunes or Google it and you'll be able to, to download it and see it. It's, it's a great, great film directed by Steve Yu, uh, who is now a good friend of mine. And he, um, he was, he'd worked with Dallas for a while and, and they just really, um, you know, they really saved Jake's life along with Scott Hall. If you're a wrestling fan, you'll know, remember him from the NWO and it's just a great motivating thing. And, but while I was in Utah, um, I stuck around for the uh, for a few more days because I was invited to attend the uh, the Salt Lake City Comic Con, and again I'm a nerd and I always have been proudly of that and but I never had really been to a lot of events like that and 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 I'd I'd seen people you know dressing up and stuff at you know at you know midnight showings of whatever of Star Wars or Harry Potter but I I was introduced to cosplay if you don't know what that is that's of course dressing up costume playing but it's a it is a real art form and it's really gone mainstream this year and uh and so i was able to kind of see that um and be introduced to that as an art form and see how popular it is and then see people really doing this and but not just for fun i mean we're talking like uh i mean like the word pro cosplayer entered my vernacular. Like, wow, people are actually, you know, getting paid to dress up as their favorite superheroes because cosplay has affected the advertising industry. So now uh, what happens is, is they'll get, you know, these cosplayers to come to these events and, and who are really, really good at it and make their own stuff and, and are actually to really make a, make an impression to, uh, to kind of draw advertising. And so um, that led to probably the nerdiest year of my life because we ended up going to uh, Star Wars. Uh, I met the uh, some of the uh, the producers of the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim, there in Salt Lake City, and uh, was invited to come. And so we ended up doing that and just a dozen or more different satellite events um, uh, with with an anime with Acon and Anime Fest, uh, a bunch of shows in Texas. Um, so I ended up, you know kind of doing this and so which kind of led to um something we put out just last week which was the top 10 cosplayers of 2015 and and, and as i disclaim it's not meant to be comprehensive i don't think that i know i'm um, some authority on cosplay or uh, some people on twitter kind of took exception to that and i uh, wanted to be clear that no i you know i didn't meet all 1 million cosplayers and were able to deduce which were the top 10 it was just you know, a way to recognize some really fun, awesome, and, and super talented people that we met this year, and and um, and also kind of as a as a as a earmark on on what this year was about. Like when I think about 2015, I'll think about you know my introduction to to all these events and cosplay and stuff. And I so, uh, but I also really wanted to recognize some really awesome people. So if you go on to, to uh, trickykid.com, t r i c k y hyphen k i d dot com, you'll see it. And uh, tell me what you think. Uh, you know, if you're a cosplayer and you've got uh, a page you want us to look at or you're going to be at, at any of the events that 
coming up this year that we're going to be at. We'd love to meet you and talk with you. We're going to do a whole episode uh, with just cosplayers coming up. It's something I really, really wanted, wanted, wanted to do. And uh, so that was something that was really rewarding for us in 2015. Um, there's a upcoming fan days in Dallas in February. Um, of course, Akon, um, we're going to, I'm going to try to actually be at the big one in San Diego this year. That was uh, something that we didn't get to last year. That I, something I've always wanted to do. So kind of carrying over the, you know, things we've never done before thing. Um, and then, uh, moving on, whatever is that by April, we were back in Vegas, uh, actually, and back, um, hanging with, um, with Dallas, uh, Diamond Dallas Page once again, he was uh, being honored at this annual event that they have there. That's it's not a fan fest; it's just for mainly for the wrestlers and a, and a few select other people. And it's called the Cauliflower Alley Club, and um, and it's held there at the Gold Coast Casino in Las Vegas every April. And it's just kind of a way for like all the, the members. It's actually designed as a charity for people that there were wrestlers because there's not really like a retirement you know, plan. There's not like a 401k for, you know, independent, uh, you know, contractors, which is what, which are what, uh, you know, uh, wrestlers were and are. And, uh, this is way before, you know, the WWE wellness program and, and all that. So it's, it's a way of kind of like them taking care of their own. And it's a great little event there. And, um, and he was being honored for his work inside and outside of the ring. And, and again, it was something that I, I had, I had just heard about, um, and I wanted to be a part of, and I was grateful to be able to do that. Uh, the thing that actually led me and led us to going to Vegas for that was I had seen a documentary on, uh, if you remember, if you're a child of the 80s, you might remember, I'm sure you would remember, that there was this Saturday morning uh, wrestling show that was all women called Glow, called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And uh, they had come out with a documentary um, in 2012 that I actually didn't see until late 2014. And you don't have to be a fan of wrestling or glow to enjoy this movie. It's done really, really well. And that's actually how I heard about Cauliflower Alley because it was on the memory of how they were able to reunite all the girls. I mentioned this because there's a big, big deal coming up for glow, glow fans. And me personally in 2016 is that in May, uh, kind of like a thing that people have kind of undertook a lot lately is the cruise. Um, we mentioned, of course, Lemmy at the top of the show, and there was the Motorhead Motorboat, which I really wish I could have had been a part of last year. Um, but, you know, like Kiss has their own crews. Um, um, homeboy Lance Bass from NSYNC. It's like everybody's kind of got like this this thing. And so uh, Glow, the Glow Girls, uh, the surviving remaining Glow Girls, have decided to put together this kind of fan party called Afterglow, and it's going to be on a cruise uh, departing. Um, out of California, out of uh, it's going to be out of Santa Barbara to uh, to Catalina Island. It uh, departs May twenty second, and yours truly, uh, Roy Turner, is going to be doing this very show you're listening to uh, every day except for the excursion day, um, and we're going to be doing it uh, with two different glow girls every single day. And what's going to be cool about that one is we're going to have uh, a live studio audience that's going to be able to ask questions. So if uh, and we'll try to do a couple of call-ins, and definitely we'll be doing some stuff from Twitter. So if you're unable to attend the cruise in May, you'll still be able to be a part of the event by uh, going on to Twitter, which is uh, our Twitter handle is uh, Tricky Kid in the number two, and you can ask your questions. And, and you'll be seeing a, us talking about this a lot this year leading up to the event. But 
Oh, man, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, if you go to, again, our website, www.tricky-kid.com, there's a lot of information about it. Um, if you uh, um, go, if you, if you just Google it, just Afterglow Fan Cruise, go on Facebook. Um, there, It's everywhere. So that's really going to be something that we're really excited about. We really want you to be a part of it. Um, if you go to the website, uh, you will be able to type in um, the word Tricky Kid and you'll be able to get somewhat of a bit of a discount. So, But you don't want to delay because this thing is going to sell out big time. Uh, so if you're a fan of wrestling or a fan of Glow or you know you never took a cruise before, this could be, you know, this could be the one for you. But definitely check that out. Um, and so we'll be talking a lot more about that as the weeks to come. Now, uh, the next thing that we did uh, that April was I had returned to the ASCAP Expo. I hadn't been in five years. I'd, uh, and it was kind of funny because the when I went in 2010, one of the main things other than, you know, the capacity that I was there at was um, I wanted to see Bill Withers uh, speak. And he um, is, a, if you know anything about Bill Withers, he's a very reclusive type. And, and I had no idea how in just insanely clever and, and, and personable and funny and, and just, just a magical human being. I mean, I, I know his music, of course, you know, um, and grew up with it. You know, my mom had, you know, my mom has great taste and she was always playing his records at, at, at the, you know, when I was growing up. But anyway, uh, and he had a conversation with, uh, gosh, this is going to be my second in sync reference in 10 minutes. Uh, uh, is he had a conversation with Justin Timberlake and it was one of the greatest things ever. Um, it was just so funny and personable. And if you go to the, to, uh, the ASCAP website, I'm sure you'll be able to, to watch it. Uh, at the time there was an unknown artist that was just there trying to kind of, you know, kind of network. And he sat behind me and I talked with him and his name was Aloe Black, who you now know is an international star. Well, five years later, uh, Aloe Black is back and uh, and so is Bill and they had a, a great conversation there at the uh, the ASCAP Expo and so both of them are just uh, unforgettable um, and I was so proud and so happy to see uh, Bill Withers get inducted finally into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year and if you've haven't seen the um, the induction on um, I think it's already on HBO right now oh my gosh check it out it's so wonderful and, you know, people always have their ideas of, you know, who should be in the hall and who shouldn't and, you know, and who should come first or what validates it, what doesn't. And, you know, we all have our opinions about that. And, and it's not perfect. It's certainly not perfect. I mean, there are some definitely some changes. Uh, speak, number one, Lemmy uh, from Motorhead. Maybe this will let them know who he is now. Um, I wish he could have lived to have, have seen it. I'm sure he doesn't give two shits one way or the other. Um, but for the fans um, and, you know, and people that, Motorhead has meant so much to over the years that, you know, they, they deserve to see that. And, um, not one to go, Oh, well, you know, Donna Summer shouldn't be there before, you know, deep purple, what, whatever, you know, it's, uh, um, it's just, you know, it, it, there's definitely some ignorance there and, or at least better yet some cluelessness there. But, um, but regardless, uh, nothing changes the fact that Bill Withers is now in the rock and roll hall of fame where he belongs. Uh, while I was at uh, ASCAP Expo, one of the greatest things is, is that I get to enjoy while I'm there is meeting all these these new artists. Uh, all these, it was so many exciting, fun people that have come from all over the world to come to network and to perform and just kind of learn about the industry a little bit and stuff. And um, there was um, one uh, gal in particular. Uh, she's from Brazil, 
and uh, her name is, and I hope I'm pronouncing this, this correctly, uh, Melina Fifon. Uh, her name is Melina Dial, D-I-E-H-L. Uh, and she uh, just dazzled the entire weekend um, that I was there at the uh, the ASCAP Expo, and, and she uh, gave me one of her uh, CDs that I ended up listening to for ever since I left California that time in, in April after that trip. And um, she actually has some new music coming out. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, she has a new single uh, that comes out, uh, I believe, next week. It's going to be, it should be available um, on uh, on iTunes. Um, I believe, if I'm looking at the date correctly here, let me, let me make sure I'm, I got that right. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, the song is called Seriously. Uh, and it will be available. Um, I think it's actually probably available now, if not definitely on Monday uh, on iTunes. She's a fantastic artist. She's such probably the most promising person that I saw that whole weekend. And and I meet a lot of um, you know of, of singer songwriter types and upcoming artists um, all year. And uh, I was impressed uh, with none of them more than I was with Melina. So this is Melina Dial's new single, Seriously. Look for it on iTunes um, in the next couple of days. They say we're more than friends, but I miss you every single weekend. I don't want to be casual no more. Can't live my heart without on the floor feel life is winking at me and you but you make me feel so insecure I need to know Serious, serious. 
and again, that, that was seriously um, from Melina Dial. Um, she can be reached. Let's see here. I believe it's just her her name. Um, if you go online, it's yeah, it's just www.melinadiehl.com. Uh, you can find her also on Twitter. It's just um, you know the at sign, and it's Melina underscore Dial. And that's again D I E H L. And Melina, if it's pronounced Deal, I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, regardless of how you pronounce it, it doesn't change how talented and, and unbelievable she is. And she'll uh, expect great things from her um, in this year and the, in, the, in the coming years um, coming forward. Um, talk about music, man. Uh, it seemed like every day. I never realized how much ass 1985 kicked because I was just a kid. I'm sure I remember enjoying, you know, the toys I was playing with. But uh, it seems like every day, man, it was just a 30th anniversary of this. And it's like, God, did all that shit really begin and start in 1985? Like, wow. And I realized that it did. Um, it seemed uh, like every golly from from Nintendo to different albums every movie that you love came out all in 1985 and one of the things i'm actually happy to say that i was able to um to do um again in the spirit of never done it before was uh we finally saw the stones man uh finally saw the rolling stones um the first week of summer um my uh my mother is uh is a school teacher um and so were a lot of my friends and so i was able to take a, a quite a few educators uh, to celebrate the summer um, by starting it off by taking them to see uh, the Rolling Stones, man, uh, here in Dallas at the uh, at the AT and T Stadium where um, the Dallas Cowboys play, and Grace Potter uh, and her band um, opened the show. And, and if you've never seen Grace Potter, she could she can rock a stadium like she rocks a small club, just unforgettable. But uh, it was just amazing to me that the Stones are still doing it, uh, and and doing it still big, and and doing it well, and you know, and you know, uh, but it was just such a thrill to be there finally to see the Stones, um, and that was just a great show. A lot of people celebrated not just thirtieth, but uh, I think that was the fiftieth anniversary of the Stones. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, Rush, um, did what was probably their final uh, full-scale tour. Uh, this year, a lot of lot of things ending this year. Um, you know, uh, we saw Motley Crue's uh, last tour this year. Uh, of course, you know, with the death of Lemmy, no more Motorhead, and and it looks like it's not going not going to be any more major Rush tours. Maybe just the occasional residency or whatever. But um, if you got to see it, you know what I'm talking about. But the uh, but yeah, but the 40th anniversary of Rush tour this year was probably one of, if not the best show that I saw. Uh, I was even surprised by speaking of 85 and 30 and anniversaries was uh, I went and saw Brian Adams and uh, he uh, celebrated um, if you're booing right now, fuck you. Um, but uh, he came out with this album course called Reckless uh, back in 85. And, and regardless of what your tastes are, you know, you know those songs. And I didn't realize how rock and roll that dude was. He was so cool and uh, and put on such a great show and, and that was a that was a big surprise for me is how awesome. Um, but speaking of Motley, that was um, I couldn't ex- I couldn't exaggerate the impact that band has had on my life. Uh, it was the first record I ever bought was Too Fast for Love. Um, the second concert I ever saw was the uh, the Girls 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 tour. Um, my lifelong best friend that I uh, 
am proud to say that we'll have be celebrating 28 years of friendship. Um, we actually met over Motley Crue. It was, uh, I remember it was the first week of school and, um, they had to have that whole open house thing, you know, where you, where you go with your mom and you have to meet the teacher and all that shit. And, um, and very few people turned out for this. Uh, and, uh, me and this guy did my friend, Chris, and we hadn't met yet. And I was wearing, of course, uh, my Motley Crue show. Cause I shirt, I had just, I had just seen the tour and, uh, proud of that. And he made a point to, uh, somehow, um, show that he'd had a Motley Crue membership, to their fan club in his wallet. Uh, and that was it, man. Wrap it up. The uh, call it a night. We were, we've been inseparable ever since. And, um, and so, uh, when they started their whole journey of doing their final shows, and I, I've heard a lot of skepticism about that too, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is, this is the end. Uh, it came to Dallas, uh, two times for two big shows. One actually being on Chris's birthday, which was pretty perfect. Um, this year and we saw it last year and then they came for a private event for Dodge that I was able to attend. So I, I saw it three times and I really, 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 really wanted to be in LA for new year's Eve and just to kind of be there at the end, man. Um, some things happened in my personal life that prevented that from happening, um, which I'm, uh, not happy about and, 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 uh, very, very sad about actually. But, um, I just wanted to, to thank uh, Nikki, Vince, Mick, and Tom for for so many years of so much pleasure and joy, and um, and I would have loved to, to have been there. And I uh, I believe that the show was recorded for a uh, a DVD that's going to be coming out, um, so I'll, I'll look forward to to, to that. But uh, something really insanely cool happened, um, and I'm such an idiot to not put this together at the time. But um, the day before uh, the Motley show here, because um, in Dallas, what happened was was that uh, Alice Cooper has been opening all the shows, the entire tour. And uh, a few weeks uh, before, um, I'd heard that um, uh, Dennis Dunaway was had written a book. He's the old, uh, he's an old member of the original Alice Cooper group, and and he was going to be doing a book tour and, and kind of like doing like an in store, but not in a bookstore, but actually at a uh, at a at a record store. There's an independent uh, place in Dallas called Good Records that is really great about bringing in some, some cool stuff. Um, when I worked with Ween, um, uh, I booked, uh, Claude, their drummer has a uh, side band called a mandala and we did a, an in-store there and, and, and several others. Anyway, uh, so I was, you know, interested in, you know, in uh, I'm a big Alice Cooper fan and, and especially of that pre welcome to my nightmare where it was just the Alice Cooper group with, uh, with Smith and, and Dunaway and all that. And, uh, and so I'd heard that those guys were actually going to be joining him and they were, where they were going to jam and, and I was like, well, gosh, how cool is that? Get to see just, you know, you know, the, uh, if you can't see the original group, you get to see, you know, a few members of it kind of, you know, and, uh, being a part of a, of a, of a neat, of a neat event. And I'm so stupid. I, I, I never, it never occurred to me that Alice Cooper would be there because, you know, that would be something they would do either in Detroit or, or in Arizona where they grew up. And, um, I believe it's Phoenix where things where they grew up. Um, you know, for big money, you know, they're not going to give it away for free in, in this little record store on a weeknight in, in Texas, which would which would be the most cool punk rock or rock and roll thing they could have done. Uh, but the main thing where I feel silly was it never occurred to me because I'd forgotten, I guess. How could you that Alice was opening the, the Motley Crue show? So when I get, got down to the record store, I almost left because it was a total fucking train wreck. It was a, it was just a clusterfuck for blocks. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, 
Uh, so I, you know, I didn't even remotely bother. I'm not an autograph person anyway, so I didn't even bother with the whole, um, you know, getting the book signed thing. And, but I wanted to buy one, uh, and get, and, you know, I didn't, wasn't going to leave with that one. And, um, and I wanted to be part of the Q and a, and so after the Q and a, they were going to jam, but the place was just so packed. I was like, well, shit. So I just kind of hung back in the back cause they had to empty the store before they let everybody out. And, uh, and thankfully I was actually able to, to stick around. I didn't actually didn't have to leave the store because of, uh, the work that we've done with them in the past. And, and so they come out and, you know, it's, you know, it's three fourths of, of the members of the original group. And, um, I think they started with elected, I think, or celebration and, um, and so, um, and then suddenly out of nowhere, here comes Alice Cooper. And so it was, you know, when I point to my favorite musical moment of the entire year, that one's pretty hard to top that, uh, a group I thought I would never get to see. And even if I did get to see the original Alice Cooper group, it would most certainly would be like in an arena and I would be in the nosebleed seats looking at it through binoculars, but to get to see it in such a spontaneous, um, intimate uh just fucking awesome way was so cool and so them to do that so i'm I'm very grateful that i was able to be you know to check that out um in terms of people getting back together um to know me is to know how much i love the band faith no more um and uh i couldn't again i couldn't exaggerate uh the impact and the influence that that band has had on me and so when they uh, kind of called it quits in uh, in '98, uh, I couldn't believe it. Whenever I was in England, in uh, in London in 2009, when they were gonna get together and do some some shows, uh, or actually do one show, and and see what might come of that. And so I'm very proud and was very happy to say that I was at that first show back uh, in London at the Brixton Academy in 2009, where their only live album was recorded. And, but what would, what was going to happen with that? Well, you know, so that was, you know, were they going to make a new record? Were they going to tour? And they did a couple of tours, like every summer after that, but never in the States. A couple of, 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 you know, West Coast, um, East Coast shows, that kind of thing. Uh, but never, uh, in the States. Uh, well, they finally came out with a, a new record called Soul Inviticus, uh, which topped our, uh, top 25. Uh, album list this year Uh, go take a look at that there's a lot of good new music that you might want to discover or just tell me how wrong I am but uh, you should go check that out too Uh, but anyway uh, so I was uh, so happy that whenever um, also in April when um, there with the ASCAP Expo was they had come um, to California to start their tour and they did three nights uh, at the beautiful, gorgeous Wiltern Theater. Uh, I hadn't been there since I was there with Ween in 2011. And then they did a fourth night uh, uh, out in Santa Ana, this little, tiny little sweat box called, called the Observatory. And so I went to uh, all of them, <laughs> the big fan that I am. And, and then when they came to Texas, uh, me and my buddy Tony decided to go to those shows too. So uh, basically it's been a week uh, just gorging and indulging on, uh, on Faith No More. You know, I, I waited a long time, and like a lot of people, and uh, their first record in, I think, like 17 or 18 years, and so I really wanted to make a part of it. Um, and so I'm going to play you a song. This is the uh, this is a song off the uh, the album. There's, I'm just going to play this single. I know this is not, I, you know, everyone has their favorite song, but I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people 
kind of had different opinions of when the single was released. But the, the song is called Motherfucker, and I think it just, that sums it up. You know, I would rather, instead of saying, hi, here's a tone of shame, I'd rather say, hey, here's a new video more song, and it's called Motherfucker. Here it is.
again, that was Faith No More uh, with the very appropriate title, Motherfucker, uh, from their new album, Soul Inviticus. Uh Please check that out. So great. So glad those guys are back and um, can only pray there's going to be more music and more tours coming from them. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Um, you know, and again, like I said, you know, not to be on this whole downer kind of thing, but um, there was a lot of, there was so much loss this year. I was... Uh, um, it would it would be impossible for me to uh, to not uh, talk about the the events that that I always remember, good or bad. Unfortunately, in 2015, um, then the tragedy that happened in Paris. Um, personally, it it affected me because a I'm a human being and seeing people uh, being slaughtered uh, just coldly and with no seem with no rhyme or reason. Not that there ever could be any any reason to do that. Uh, as a member of the music community, as a, you know, I, if that show had been in my hometown, that would have been me. That would have been me and all my friends there, especially because the band on stage, uh, were friends of mine. Um, Dave Ketching, their guitar player for the band Eagles of Death Metal, uh, has been a friend of mine, um, for over 20 years and somebody that I, um, whose friendship I hold very, very dear. And, um, right after it had happened, um, we actually, we did a, um, a tribute to uh, to the victims of Paris, um, and trying to raise awareness to the uh, the Sweet Stuff Foundation that uh, Josh Homme's dad Michael uh, runs to kind of get some relief and uh, to the victims. Um, so if you go on to iTunes, if you're a subscriber uh, to our um, our to Tricky Kid Radio podcast, um, you already you already will show up. But if you're not, I I encourage you to go to um, to iTunes or go to our website, whatever, just go to Twitter and go ahead and subscribe and that'll automatically will show up. It's a, it's a great tribute that we did. It's got all music from all the bands that Dave Ketching's been in. Um, he's, if you're unfamiliar with him, one of the most prolific, um, masterful musicians, uh, of the last 20, 25 years. And a lot of music you may not have heard before is on that. And just as a human being, he's just a masterpiece of a human being. And so uh, we love you, Dave. And we're so happy that, you know, that you were able to survive that when so many uh, did not. Uh, but just so much loss. We talked about wrestling earlier. Um, two of my all-time favorites, um, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Uh, God, I grew up watching him and and uh, such an inspiration to me. And then my main man, the, the best of them all, in my opinion, was the... Rowdy Roddy Piper, the uh, the original Revel, and um, we did a tribute to him as part of a of a show that we did that show we did with Dallas, because um, I happened around the same time. And whenever I was in L.A. Um, around the time of the ASCAP Expo, actually the the same day, actually of that same week, um, I was able to meet Roddy and spend some time with him, um, which was a big, big, big deal for me. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, uh, one of the writers from Metalocalypse, um, John, he. Uh, came out with a movie called uh, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. And I'll go into that just for a second. Uh, uh, In the late 90s, it looks like um, Tim Burton um, was going to kind of give give Superman kind of the Tim Burton treatment, meaning he was going to cast, you know, one of his regulars being Nicolas Cage. And and it was going to be this really crazy, weird, insane thing. Um, The comedian Kevin Smith talked about this in one of his early routines in, in the late 90s about his brief involvement with it because other than just the super, you know, Tim Burton and Nicholas cage, uh, you know, giving this crazy weird kind of, you know, take on such a, an American staple. 
uh, it seems that reason why the movie wasn't made is even more of a clusterfuck than than the intent, and uh, so much so that uh, that John was actually able to make a, uh, a fantastic documentary about it. Again, it's called "The Death of Superman Lives: What Happened," and uh, I was at the premiere of that at the uh, the Grumman's Egyptian Theater there back in April, and Roddy was there, uh, and so um, you know what a treat for me. Um, I was able to be introduced to him by uh, by a mutual friend, and we were able to talk at length and spend some time. And there's a there's a great picture of uh, him putting me in a headlock, and I'll I'll never forget that because uh, somebody wanted to take a picture that's more than just like a you know high with you know our arms around each other. And so Roddy grabs me, and we established a pretty fun rapport at this this time. And he puts me in the headlock, and and it's, it was pretty stiff and pretty pretty tight. And he uh, he says, uh, he whispers into my ear and he says, Hey kid, he goes, uh, this okay. And I, uh, <laughs> me and my big mouth, I just go, well, Roddy, you could do it a little tighter. And before I got the word tighter out of my mouth, he cinches up and he goes, you goddamn right. I can, oh man, my neck hurt for a week, but uh, there's a great shot of that on our website. And, uh, and, uh, I'm going to miss Roddy so much. Like I said, so much loss this year. And so, our condolences out to Dusty and, and his family and, of course, Roddy and his fans and family and and, um, and the people in Paris. And um, and personally, uh, my, I mentioned my friend Chris earlier. Uh, well, there was actually three of us. There's uh, three musketeers, me, Chris, and Steve. And, and sadly, Chris and Steve both lost the parent this year. Um, so we're here's the hoping that 2016 is going to be um, – going to be a whole lot better um you know those things happen and uh and all we can do is just kind of move on and kind of carry on with things and and do our best to to to, to try to be stronger um and enjoy the memories that we had um but it doesn't make it you know when it happens any 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 less painful uh again i did my best to have a, a good christmas season uh to know me is to know my absolute uh love christmas it, it pretty much defines who i am and um and so in spite of all the loss and a lot of things that happened to me at the end of the year, uh, on a personal note that I'm, I'm not going to speak about here, of course, in, a, in, in this public forum, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm doing my best. So um, here is us, uh, from all of us, at, uh, you know, with me and people that I work with and, and from Tricky Kid Radio and, and the podcast and then. Um, we say onward and upward, man. Um, again, if you, if you have the means to, to contribute to the sweet stuff foundation, um, for the, for the Paris victims, or you want to make a donation to, uh, in the name of, uh, of Roddy or Dusty, uh, please visit their, their individual websites to do so. Um, and also, uh, lastly, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, Lemmy Ian Fraser Kilmister. Uh, it's not a coincidence that this man's funeral is broadcast on the internet tomorrow. Um, and that's not in a tasteless way. It's just a, a thing to, because there's just so many people that love that guy, myself included, that uh, instead of overwhelming the uh, the funeral home or the, the gravesite or whatever, but um, the entire Sunset Strip, if you know anything about Lemmy, he moved to L.A. in the, in the late 90s and kind of became a fixture at the... Um, at the uh, at a staple there on, on Sunset Strip called the Rainbow Bar and Grill, and every time I'm in L.A., I would go in there just to you know just to go there anyway, and he, there would be Lemmy. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, sat at the bar and that was able to you know to have a drink with him and talk with him. He was always so welcoming, um, 
when he did when the, the band Clutch, who were uh, a band that I've I've have, I have a long tenure with, toured with Motorhead uh, back in 2011. Um, they uh, came to Austin on my birthday, and I was uh, invited to the gig and and uh, was able to spend the day with Lemmy and and had a great time. And you know, we're talking with him and a lot of fun things. I talked about this on on the um, on my blog post that uh, some fans actually had convinced the mayor uh to declare that day to be official motorhead day i mean with a full proclamation that was where they misspelled uh kill mister which uh, uh Lim thought that was really funny and and so just i'm so i'm so grateful that i have the memories that i got this you know very briefly but uh but all all the times and the good times that i got to uh to spend with lemmy and uh again it's not a it's not a coincidence that the uh, the world uh will be mourning as mourning this loss and uh so I wanted to end the show and in the year of uh, of 2015 with playing you my favorite Motorhead song. Uh, this is a song called Rocket uh, from uh, the album Another Perfect Day. Uh, to Lemmy, uh, rest in power, my friend. Uh, you'll be greatly missed. Um, here's to 2016, and uh, I hope it brings you a lot of great strength and a and a lot of a lot of a lot of good new memories. Uh, Until next week, uh, my name is Roy Turner, and uh, this has been Tricky Kid Radio.